Today, we're going to ask one specific question about each of the major players for the Charlotte Hornets in Summer League. And is there a major player out there in the association that the Charlotte Hornets could pursue? We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. Remember, we're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, where you can check us out. We appreciate you guys for continuing to increase that subscriber number. The video, the views that we're getting on these videos have been very good, and so we appreciate all of that. It's because of Doug's graphics, which you're going to be working with new graphics today or new way that you edit things today what were you saying before we hopped on like you said you gave me a warning because there was something new you were going to try and therefore increasing the probability that we mess up it's all behind the curtain it's all behind mm -hmm. the scenes stuff nothing that you will uh, hopefully i mean okay. hopefully i execute everything correctly here on mm -hmm. youtube and uh, nobody nobody sees anything no one's the wiser those are the best kinds of mistakes when you make a mistake doing a show but you know you can just edit it out later or you know that there's nothing that anybody can hear that kind of because that happens all the time so those are the best when you don't the have magic any, baby the magic of television slash or internet video tube, delivery tube vision yes pot of vision it is the magic of all of that stuff let's talk about summer league more so doug we do have our first game for the charlotte hornets tomorrow summer league is in full effect we've already gotten to see some of the rookies that had very intriguing debuts. Keegan Murray's been awesome. We all saw Chet Holmgren. That was a lot of fun. Mark Williams, a rookie for the Charlotte Hornets, I think we're all intrigued by. But there are a few others to talk about, so we'll get to Bryce McGowan's and Mark Williams later on in the show. I do want to talk about some of the intriguing second-year players for the Charlotte Hornets. Unfortunately, no, James Booknight, because he had surgery, was it his wrist, I believe, that he had surgery on, so he's not going to be able to play in this summer the, league session. The pinky, pinky that's right, because we talked about the digit. Yes, that's right. The it was the pinky. Digit. The fifth digit. Do you remember do you remember the medical profile that they put out there for the pinky? You don't remember any of that? Yeah, I was about to no. say. You don't you don't have to look that up. No, as um, soon as I listen, as soon as the show is over, it all flies out of the brain. Well, look, if you remembered that, then you'd be some kind of genius or something. Uh, no James Book Night, but we do have more. Uh, we do have uh, JT Thor and Kai Jones. And I want to get to Kai Jones first. He was what everybody was talking about after he said, nobody can guard me when he had media availability the other day offensively saying there's just nobody that can stop me here in the Spectrum Center. And this is someone that's playing a little bit more four than he is five. You know, Doug, when you look at what more is four, a, more four, we have more four and we have more <laughs> Thor that we're going to talk about in the first segment. So what is the number one question you ask about what is a really interesting pro uh, project that the Hornets drafted in the first round last year? Yeah, I think the biggest question for me is how far along are we in that project? And I think I'm going to be looking more at the defensive end for Kai Jones. How does he respond defensively to being put in the four position? He's more traditionally been in the five spots, but because they have Mark Williams and Nick Richards, uh, they have been sort of slotting him uh, to whatever comfort level we'll have to see, slotting him into the four spot. So, can he respond defensively? Because honestly, I think that's going to be most important 
to his playing time this season because they've hired a head coach, Steve Clifford, who puts an onus, especially on young players, about playing hard on the defensive end and playing smart. Yeah, if you play Kai Jones with a P.J. Washington, then how does that work? Because do, do you want Kai Jones guarding somebody more on the perimeter and P.J. anchoring what is the big man position on that end of the floor? Or do you just go, well, Kai's taller, he's going to match up a little better just just at least height-wise with some of these guys? Like That's a good question to ask because we saw in some, even in summer league against that talent level, Kai Jones was getting blown by, just not knowing where to be. I mean, it was quite the roller coaster ride. So it's, defensively, certainly going to have to look at where he is right now. Yeah, and to me, it's all about physicality. Uh, again, just knowing Steve Clifford, knowing what he likes. If Kai Jones comes into this, takes this opportunity to be physical, get rebounds, secure defensive rebounds, then you know, and and fly all over the court on defense, then you know, again, I I would come out of this summer league. Because I think he's going to have opportunities to get those high-flying, exciting dunks that we've seen Kai Jones get in Greensboro. We've seen him get them in the last summer league adventure. Like, I know that's coming. But I want to see some of these other things that could give me a reason to think, oh, hey, maybe Kai could get a few minutes here and there in this second season. Well, look, Kai Jones is probably going to be candidate number one as far as who gives us the most amount of highlights in Summer League because it happened last year. In G League, the guy was going with some crazy dunks. And remember in the media day right before the Charlotte Hornets began their season, he's like, yeah, I guess I'm realizing you can't just dunk everything. But I hope he doesn't stop trying because we're going to get some excitement out in Vegas if he continues to try to do that. My biggest question about Kai Jones, I'm going to focus a lot more offensively, defensively for sure, if we're talking about what is most important for him, what needs to translate to the regular season. Defensively, he's got to know where he's going to be but or where he should be. But I want to see how busy he gets with that basketball on the perimeter, Doug. Like, is this going to be Chet Holmgren, just our own version? Do we have our own seven-footer? that can handle it a little bit and go ahead and put some step back threes in your face. That's what I want to see from Kai because we saw the workout video that he posted. He was putting up some crazy looking shots, but they weren't necessarily, if he was close to the rim, he was slamming it. But all the other shots were him shooting threes, shooting mid range, fadeaway, baseline jumpers. Are we going to see that Kai? Like, are we going to see him handle it in some situations? I, that's what I want to see, man. How much does he have the rock out there on the perimeter? Well, and he has to, if he's going to do that, he has to wow. You know, mm -hmm. he has to be highly efficient. He has to make the right decisions. He can't be, like, incredibly selfish and turn the basketball over. If he wants to be that particular kind of player and, and he wants minutes on this team, then he is going to have to turn in some wow factor like Chet Holmgren did. He can't be he can't be even above average at doing that kind of thing. He has to be incredible. Yeah, and I saying Chet Holmgren only in the specific case of these guys being seven foot unicorns. Not that Kai Jones is anywhere near as developed as Chet with the basketball in his hands. Like if I we just, get a unicorn what, every year, yeah. is it really a unicorn? Like I just we keep using this word unicorn, and it's, it's like every point. year I feel like there's a unicorn. Do we need to go with other uh, some other mythical creature now? So we have no, a it's unicorn. just like, or how about just like really good horse? <laughs> yeah, thoroughbred? People yeah. use that too much, though. Now the NBA is full of thoroughbreds. We need to distinguish what we deem unicorns fancy now horse. from the thoroughbreds. That, that player is one fancy horse. What about an Appaloosa? Those guys are kind of colorful. They're crazy. You want to go with that? Do we have just our like own Appaloosa here in Charlotte? Kai Jones. Yeah. That's what I think he is. JT Thor, let's ask questions about him before we move on. Talk okay. about Mark Williams. 
talk about Bryce McGowan's and maybe another veteran the Hornets should pursue because they've Ooh. only signed Cody Martin this free agency period. JT Thor, I'll go first on this one. Okay. I, I want to see the Thor takeover. I, I just think, Doug, he's going to be the best player on this Hornets team in summer league. Who's better? You know, it's, it's not, it's not going to be Mark Williams right away. Bryce McGowan's, it's not going to be him. James Booknight, you could have said if you wanted to, but he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Kai Jones. Like m- maybe Kai Jones wows you more so, but we already saw Thor get minutes last year and do good things with those minutes. I, I, he appeared in 33 games because he was by far the most ready and gave you lots of good things on that end of the floor. But also, Doug, like I was watching some film of him earlier. I think he he's a smart basketball player, and mm-hmm. and this Hornets team kind of needs that. So mm-hmm. I, I want to see him take over offensively, defensively, be in the right spot constantly. Like, we don't even have to have him get the basketball out there on the perimeter. Just not a lot of wasted movement. So you put him in the pick and roll, quick shots off a of pick and pop, crash in the offensive glass because his motor is 110 constantly. If mm-hmm. he does get the ball on the perimeter, doesn't decide to shoot that three-pointer, give you a fake, make one dribble in the paint, and give you a floater that he can give you. Or if he gets by you, if he puts you on his shoulder, is he just going to slam it because he has an eight-foot wingspan? Just really subtle, almost a subtle dominance to J.T. Thor's game where it's not like he's crossing you up constantly, but he's going to be the best basketball player on this team. And I kind of want to see a Thor takeover, which I, I think that's quite possible. He's, he's good, man. I, I love Thor. Yeah, no, I of course I do too. Of I'm, course, I am the yeah. leader I'm of the more Thor movement. Sure. We've been wanting this is our this is our Super Bowl. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we are yeah. we're having yes. a watch party on trade and try on. I've got a big projector uh monitor that I'm gonna put out there. No, so I mean I'm excited about seeing Thor. What I really like if I dig down into the micro, what I really want to see uh improve from last season is his like I think you're right, he is a very smart basketball player. But I thought he was hesitant uh, to make certain decisions that ended up being turnovers because of that hesitancy. And I think that happens sometimes with players who do, who are, who study the game, who are just naturally intelligent about the game. But then sometimes that, that sort of gets mucked up in the head and uh, there, there can be some hesitancy there. So I want to see if just clean, good decisions, especially with the pass. Uh, That's, that's really what I want to see develop. I, I think also strength, you know, I think that's going to go for Kai Jones too. Are these guys stronger? Are they more physical? Uh, can they do a little bit more banging inside? Th- those are the kind of questions I have about JT Thor. Yeah, and Kai, everybody was on mus- muscle watch season for Kai. When he put those pictures, the Hornets put the pictures out there of him. Whoa. All right. Okay, but Beep it's game. not, that's fine. But, you know, I look, I'm a camera guy, all right? So I know you can do a lot of things with angles. You can do a lot of things in the editing booth. Okay, I want to see him put in action. I don't care why don't about you watch- do that with us. If you're such a That's camera right. guru with muscles, why do I That's not right. have what some I- chiseled butt chin? Like, come on, give me something. <laughs> what? Some, you're making me look CB, like this. Some CBC, some chiseled butt chin. <laughs> that sounds dirty. I don't. I don't want to explore any more of that abbreviation. Um, anyway, so I just want to. I want to see them be. I want to see them. <laughs> be stronger it's not about looking stronger it's not about getting stronger I want to see them being stronger and again I think so much of this Walker summer league is auditioning for Steve Clifford and Steve Clifford Mm -hmm. likes 
guys who are physical that can put a body on a body, especially rebounding. I'm going to be paying attention to a lot to the boards because that's I know what that's what Clifford in. is. Yeah, I know that's what Clifford pays attention mm-hmm. to. If guys come in and they and they just want to score the basketball and they're just running around and they're, I'm telling you, they could wow the sort of casual fan. Somebody could walk away and go, "Wow, Kai Jones, JT Thor just just dropped a 30 piece in summer league." Mm-hmm. But if they didn't get a rebound, they're not getting any minutes in the regular season. Are you going to be that guy if if Kai Jones goes for 30 on 11 of 19 shooting and grabs two rebounds? Or are you going to say, nah, he's not getting minutes? No. Is that? That's <laughs> <laughs> not. No, it's not popular. It's not the popular thing to do. I'm not going to. Okay. No, I'm not going to come out and. I'm, <laughs> I'm warning you right now before summer league starts. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't get minutes later, and people in the comments are going, "What happened? He was so great in summer league." Then I'll come in and say, "Well, gotcha. I, actually, mm-hmm. yes, actually." Yeah, uh, this is something. I'll let everyone they, have their fun and then come in later and explain mm-hmm. to you why something isn't happening. You got to impress the new boss, Steve Clifford. You also have to impress Doug Branson. Let's see that physicality actually come to good use here in the summer league. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we're going to talk about a possible veteran that's been on the trade market for what seems like forever. No, it's not Miles Turner. You don't have to exit the window if you're watching YouTube. You don't have to fast forward through this segment. It's an actual different player that we have not brought up before. So we're going to be talking about that in just one moment, not before we talk about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by our proud partner, Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. NBA free agency talk coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, Nas. they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can we get- P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So we talked about Cody Martin. That move Mm -hmm. became official yesterday. The Charlotte Hornets announced it. So you have this period where it's legal tampering, and then you have everybody firing off of the jokes, firing all the jokes off. Hey, um, that was really quick, but they got that move done that quickly as soon as they Mm -hmm. announced it, right? So now it's official. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're going to get a bunch of likes and retweets. And Cody Martin is official. That's the only move that the Charlotte Hornets have made unless you want to count Mark Williams officially signing his contract, Bryce McGowan signing the two-way deal. The only thing that really has happened of substance where we thought, okay, well, what could happen, right? There was this mystery in the air. It's only been Cody Martin. Doug, the Atlanta Hawks have had somebody on the trade block for quite some time, and that's John Collins. And the Atlanta Mm -hmm. Hawks made a trade, made a trade to the San Antonio Spurs, gave up a few first-round picks to go after DeJounte Murray, Danilo Gallinari was in that trade. He since has now joined the Boston Celtics after some movement. But John Collins still remains on the Atlanta Hawks roster. He's one guy that we have not talked about a lot. And I get it beforehand because 
we talk about redundancy sometimes when it comes to roster makeup. When you had Miles Bridges for sure, PJ Washington for sure, and then you give up assets. It's one thing to have a talented guy at that position, and that's that's a good problem, right? But it's one thing to give up assets to try to use that as some foundation piece for the future to see what can happen at a position where you're already relatively strong in. So if you had those three guys on the roster at the same time going forward, I would say just no. There's just a better piece to go after. You, that, there are better practices to go ahead and give up your assets or value that you have. But now, with uncertainty surrounding Miles Bridges, and you have P.J. Washington, John Collins, to me, becomes more in play. I don't think you're, gonna ha- you're not going to have this trading within the division thing. That only happens in the NFL where, hey, we weren't, Atlanta's not going to be trading with Carolina. The Hawks could trade with the Charlotte Hornets um I I still question the fit a little bit but I I think Collins is a better defender than given credit for I was looking up some of his passing numbers and you know Crangis McBasketball basketball index he's the the site runner for that actually did quite an interesting uh, conversation piece on Twitter about John Collins passing where he's not known as this playmaker but he's actually you know a pretty decent passer so underrated in a couple of those aspects where I think he's kind of dinged and, and getting criticized. He's crazy efficient, you know, over 50% from the field. In fact, I think he shot 52% this past year, and that was the lowest mark he's put up. And yeah. three-point percentage, it's been 36% every single season the last three years. Like, John Collins, to me, depending on what you're going to give up, and that's always a huge part of the conversation when pursuing somebody on the trade market, but John Collins, to me, does become somebody at least to pay attention to so why are we here in the first place with john collins well it's all about offensive fit uh that you know john collins is unhappy or was unhappy last season with where he was within the offense with trey young being a ball dominant guard and everything gravitating around him and now they've added dejounte dejounte murray who is going to need some love as well. It doesn't seem like the fit is getting any better in Atlanta, though Atlanta does want to win, and and you typically don't want to ship out a good talent like John Collins if you want to continue to try to win in the playoffs. So maybe they find some ways to patch this up. But if they did make him available in a trade, uh, yes, it would increase, I think, the defensive talent uh, on the roster, but you may, in what you give back, you may actually sacrifice uh, right. too much offensive talent because you're probably going to have to give up Terry Rozier. It's it's to to make all of the contracts work. I don't think they would be interested in in relieving us of Gordon Hayward's contract. So it'd probably be some combination of Terry, Kelly, uh PJ Washington. So then you would essentially be upgrading PJ Washington, I think, you know, in terms of just the def- defense and offense together would be an upgrade over PJ Washington. But you would be giving up so much of your offensive talent that I'm not sure that it totally balances out. So if you're concerned about really winning this year uh, as a Charlotte Hornets fan, then I'm not sure John Collins is the right fit. But if you're concerned with winning over the next couple of years, I think it would be perfect alongside LaMelo Ball, who is not Trey Young offensively, is going to look for others. I think they could make him part of the centerpiece of of the offense you pair him next to mark williams over the next couple of years remember john collins is under contract 
believe for the next four seasons at like 24, $25 million. So you'd essentially be trading that contract for Terry Rozier's contract. It, it almost equals up. So, I mean, I like the move in the long term. Next season, it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, let, let's talk about how do you get better? You know, even, even for the long term to some degree, maybe two years out, how do you get better? Trading P.J. Washington as the main package going to Atlanta in exchange for John Collins it, it doesn't make this Hornets team better because something else has to go alongside of P.J. Washington, presumably. So if you're getting rid of, I don't know, a protected first-round pick, P.J. Washington, something else to, you know, whatever salary filler you want to throw in, like, does that make you better now? Does that make you better in two years? Because you are getting rid of also a young piece that defensively P.J.'s better than John Collins is. P.J.'s awesome defensively. So it, it's all about the offensive efficiency for John Collins at that point. And so oh, Terry yeah. Rozier, go ahead, Doug. I, you well, that's what, so that, that was my point. The yes, right. I think probably in a vacuum, P.J. Washington, better defensive player. But, but significantly, and not that he's a bad offensive player, but significantly less versatile, significantly worse offensive player, I think, than John Collins has and has the potential to be. And that's really the question. You know, I, I think – John Collins, uh, over the, the first little stretch of his career, it is better and has gotten better progressively over the past couple of seasons than P.J. Washington has. And P.J. again, this isn't about P.J. Washington being bad. I think he's improved, but it's a level of improvement. You would be leveling up with John Collins uh, moving forward. Yeah, I, I guess I guess how many more wins? My, my thing is, Doug, what are you getting rid of in order to entice the Atlanta Hawks to say, okay, that makes wow. sense? PJ Washington. Let me is, live in fantasy land. <laughs> yeah, no, right. PJ Washington probably is one of the more valuable pieces this Hornets team has, but also we're not in a position to be getting rid of foundational, you know, foundational players on this team too. Maybe you think foundational is too strong for PJ. Fine I enough. think that's that's what I'm saying. I think that's but, too but, strong. But who else besides Lamelo then? And so it's like, okay. John Collins and LaMelo, where does that get you as your one and your two? Because that's what it would be right now, especially when you're trying to get rid of Gordon Hayward's contract and especially with Terry Rozier's contract at least being debatable enough to where it's understood if they want to get off of that money. And and to me, that that makes that makes it kind of hard to make this type of deal work on top of the fit being a little wonky, right? Like it's not like, oh, okay, he comes in and and fits seamlessly with this team you know, I you you can make it work. I'd, I'd still like to have John Collins, right? I think he's a good player. You know, it's just it's it's not the perfect fit. If there are other players to go after, you you certainly have to explore that. But again, the Hornets haven't done anything, so maybe they have, and and we just can't get something done. Well, and I think so. That I think that's a good thing to end on. What's the likelihood of something like this happening? And I think, unfortunately, the likelihood of of anything happening in in the trade or in free agency for the Charlotte Hornets at this point is. Low, if not zero. Uh, I think Mitch Kupchak was pretty explicit that they weren't going to make any big splashes in free agency after the draft, before the draft, after the draft. So we have all of this information, and then you throw in the the variability that that is present in this Miles Bridges situation, and they're already over the cap because, <laughs> thank God, they only have to pay Nick Batum $8.8 million or they have the dead cap or whatever for $8.8 million for this season only. And the next season, we're finally free of that ghost. Uh, so, uh, But they're already over the cap. So they they are limited in what they can do. They've got the MLE. They've got the biannual exception. 
Um, they, they could fill in a, a few pieces here and there, but then they got to worry about the luxury tax. So all I'm saying is the likelihood of, of them pulling something like this off, I think, is low because they just haven't shown any desire or indication. It would be a shock. I, I would come on here. I'd be surprised. Not saying it's impossible. I would just be shocked if they made any kind of move for John Collins, DeAndre Aiden, doing any of these kind of things. They just haven't shown the willingness, and they've got this situation with Miles Bridges to deal with. Yeah, the, I, I do – we are still, it's not crazy early. I mean, because free agency happens so quickly, especially within the first couple of days. And then you see a lot of those guys already gone. But I think the Hornets are in a situation to where I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying they're done. I, I still think that they're exploring trade options. And maybe you don't feel confident about their ability to actually get something done. I don't have done. any evidence. Fair enough. I don't have any no, evidence. No, no, fair enough. I, I, I don't know about, I don't know what the Hornets have been asked to give up and I don't want them mortgaging a ton like you know for instance Doug like if Rudy Gobert truly was out there calling for four first rounders I know you've been a big fan of Rudy trying to get that 50 win season regular season I get that like are you giving up are you giving up three you know are you giving up three first rounders to go after Rudy Gobert at that age in that contract I well see I would because I think that Rudy Gobert turns you into a 48 to 52 win team, which would, if you could do that over the course of four years, turns those first round picks into like twenties and not nines, you know, if it all goes well, but of course, <laughs> uh, you know, Brooklyn then uh, has proven that sometimes that doesn't work out. And, you know, oh, sometimes it's been it doesn't proven work. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, so obviously, but I look, I'm a risk taker. It's not my money. I'm a risk taker, baby. Roll the dice. It's not your like, picks. You, well, it's better than languishing and, you know, 40, 40 to 45 to 37 wins and, you know, getting blown out in the play in. Like, I, I would like to see this team take some risk eventually before the time, before the clock runs out on LaMelo Ball. Take a I, risk. I, I, that's fine. I will say, we're going to be like, arguing this. We're going to be arguing this for the next couple of years. I'm, yeah. I want to take a risk. You, uh, want to keep your first round picks? You want to? No, no. I I want to be set up for sure to win a first round playoff series, which is not exactly. They won't even make 100% the percent going to happen. Is it? Yeah, right. You're you're gonna be you're gonna be happy with a 48 win season until they get beat in the first round, and then you're gonna be mad again, and then you're gonna be asking for 60 wins. Let's just give up 10 first rounders for this other borderline all star. Like that's that that's my point. There at least has to be some type of cap, and that's and I don't know what those caps have been. For the Hornets, were okay. That's way too much. I don't want to go after them now. Like I, I, I will, I will say it's interesting because of the situation the Hornets are in, having fired James Brago. Now Miles Bridges. There are reports that the Hornets are going to rescind the qualifying offer. He was the borderline All Star that was going to help you, and now he's gone, at least for the moment. So they have to try to figure out how to win basketball games without Miles Bridges. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's ask a couple of other questions about the rookies in summer league. The one pressing thing you want to see from Mark Williams, the one pressing thing you want to see from Bryce McGowan's. I just had a built bar before I hopped on the podcast. It was delicious. It served as my breakfast. I'm still finishing up the cake flavored built bars, but I did get my radio host mud pie bar the other day and it's so good. Cookie radio. crumble. Why was it a radio host? <laughs> With what the tab said. It's okay. not me adding radio host. It's not me. I promise. <laughs> it came on the box. I'll show it to you if you want. When I when know. you run, here's you what I'll do. To, 
Hide your here's, here, here's what I'll do. When you go to the graphic, I'm going to run to the pantry right across from me very quickly. I'm going to get the box and just to show some evidence that What's I did What's in didn't, the box? Yeah, it's, well, it's radio host. That's what it is. But you can order that same box. It probably won't say radio host, mud pie brownie on it but it will say something very delicious and very good because that's the only thing that built bar produces um they're low in calories they're low in sugar they're high in protein they're high in fiber they're they're releasing a ton of great flavors whether it be puffs or whether it just be your standard built bar they're also very good go to built.com use promo code locked 15 get 15 percent off your order again use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order when you go to built.com i'm gonna run and get that box and we're gonna talk some more summer league coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, Nas. they got Nas. Uh, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can Master we get- P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. For those looking <laughs> on YouTube, what, what does that says. say, Doug? Read it for people. It says Radio Host Mud Pie, made for 100% <laughs> Radio Hosts Mud Pie. That is the sticker that came on my sample box from Built, and I very much appreciate it. Not only are they giving me delicious Built bars, but they're actually just saying, hey, this is reserved specifically for this person, which makes me feel very important and drives my ego up. All right, Doug, let's talk about some of the rookies here. Uh, Bryce McGowan's Mark Williams. Who do you want to go with first, and what question are you most interested to see answered in this Vegas session? Oh, you know, let's go with uh, – we talked a lot about Bryce in the previous episode, so let's start with Mark Williams. Uh, getting a lot of praise from the coaching staff for picking things up quickly. Uh, obviously, a lot of the focus is going to be – on the defensive end of the floor, can he can he wow there? Wow's been the uh, the the word of the past couple of shows, but but can he show out there on the defensive end? Can he be a dominant force inside? My biggest question around Mark, not really for Mark Williams, but around Mark Williams, is will they allow him to defend in space, or will they already start the process of trying to hide? What was his biggest weakness coming out of the draft on the defensive end, which was guarding in space? Or the biggest question around him is, you know, on the NBA level, could he guard in space? Are they going to send him in a lot of drop coverage and just not allow him to be exposed there? Or do they test the limits and say, hey, it's only summer league. Talent's not going to be as big. Let's see what he can do. That's what I'm interested in seeing from Mark Williams' uh, summer league game one. I'm interested to see how different, but also how similar the NBA game is to the way that Duke ran their offense or, or specifically just with the kind of talent, not the way that the schemes matched up because the Duke blue devils last year had ball handlers all over the place. Jeremy Roach, Paolo Boncaro, Trevor Keels, all very good with the basketball in their hands. AJ Griffin, a solid enough ball handler, I mean, they didn't even ask him to produce a ton. They just put him out on the perimeter a lot and kicked to him because he was such a good three-point shooter, and that opened up everything for Mark Williams. So he had a ton of space already, and yet still 
he answered the question of media availability on Monday that there's more spacing in the few games, few drills that he's played with the Charlotte Hornets. There's more spacing than even there was with Duke. And, you know, that's a part of, you know, Coach K and the offense that they run. But also, I, I do wonder, do you have less ball handlers on this summer league team than you did with Duke? And how much does that hurt Mark Williams offensively? Mm -hmm. You know, because are we going to grade on a curve? Are you going to grade on yeah. a curve for Mark Williams? Well, because and we've talked about the lack of point guard. It's funny how how prominent a discussion that is in Hornets Village when looking at summer uh, summer league, right? Like it's Jalen Crutcher and Tyshawn Alexander, and like who else do you want running the offense? And so you know you have JT Thor, but it's not like you want him bringing the ball up. You know, Scotty Lewis, it's not like I, I don't envision him running the offense. And and you had a bunch of guys at Duke that were really good at it that could provide you some space. Um, yeah, I just wonder, what what is the ratio, right? Like, oh, it's the NBA, so it's all going to balance out. It's the way that things are coached. So you're, Mark Williams is going to get plenty of space. Um, I, I just wonder offensively, and are they going to ask him to do – something more than just hey run to the rim and we're going to throw up a lot for you like there's I, a lot yeah. there, there, look there there's a there's a lot that they have to look at you know it's not it's not as if it's mark williams and then a, a bunch of people who are trying to make practice squads you know what i mean or or trying to make training camps like that's not the situation they've got mark williams they got jt thor they've got kai jones got to find out uh scotty lewis uh, who am I missing? JT Thor, Kai Jones, Bryce McGowan's, who we're just gonna we're gonna talk about here in a few minutes. We've got a lot to look at. I just don't think they're gonna ask him to do a lot offensively. Yeah. Um. So uh, allowing that to go into Bryce McGowan's, the playmaking, mm -hmm. the people with basketball in their hands, that's not his strong suit. In fact, that's considered a weakness of McGowan's. It's that this is somebody that's athletic who plays physical despite not being a physical specimen. Yes, height, length, that's all there. But he's not, you know, he doesn't have muscles on muscles. But he plays physical. He gets to the free throw line. He drives all the time. He's going to put up those shots. I wonder if they ask Bryce to slow down a little bit. There's going to be more spacing here than there was at Nebraska. Like, Bryce, you're not in Nebraska anymore. You don't have to do all of what you did over there with the Cornhuskers, okay? You don't have to like husk. Now, now, you know, now what you can do, it, like you, you can trust your teammates a little bit. Yes, maybe you don't think the summer league roster is all crazy talented. It's more talented than what it was at Nebraska, where McGowan's. I mean, he had to do a lot. So, so now you don't have to do that. I wonder how much we see that part of his game off of the rip. Like, do do we see that a little differently than we did at, at Nebraska immediately because of the talent level, because of what he's going to be asked to do? How much of that ability is within him? I don't think it's going to be this massive strength. Like, he's not going to be Lamelo throwing it behind his back on the dart to Mark Williams for an alley oop. I, I do wonder if there is a little bit of hidden ability that reveals itself because of the way that the NBA game is played. The big the big question I have for Bryce McGowan's is, is is the the offensive potential is that real you know is the three level scoring ability can he can he do it on this sort of semi professional level that would that we see summer league in because going back to my question that I had for Kai Jones can he do a little bit more than we saw last year in summer league and in Greensboro I don't have that same kind of question for Bryce McGowan's this is year one I just want to see what they draft why they drafted you i want to see that on the mm -hmm. floor can you score on all three levels can you command the offense in that way i know 
that he has to make improvements in playmaking. But he's a project. He's not, I don't think he has much of a shot of seeing uh, the the regular season for for the big boy roster. So you know, I just want to see what kind of promise lay ahead for him in, in Greensboro otherwise. If I were to ask you who you think is going to be the leading scorer for this Hornets team, who would you say it is? See, I think it comes down to two players. I think Jalen Crutcher. <laughs> exp- exp- explain yourself. Let's see here. Uh, I, I would go, I, I'd, I'd put it between Bryce McGowan's and Kai Jones. I mean, JT Thor has that ability too. I just don't, I just don't think that they're going to say, hey, JT, go get us a bucket. I think that's going to be baked into Kai's game. And I, I think that's also within Bryce McGowan. So I, I would say those two. Scotty Lewis might be a sneaky uh, pick here to say he's going to lead the team in scoring. But ultimately, I think Bryce McGowan's Kai Jones have that ability. And I think it's still going to be clear. Oh, yeah, JT Thor. I mean, there's a gap between him and everybody else as far as how talented they are how or how good they are at basketball right now. I would be shocked if one particular player – scored tremendously more than everyone else. Yeah, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sharing the basketball. I think the minutes are going to be evenly distributed by the main players that we've talked about on this show. I I think if, if I were betting on it, I would bet on McGowan's over Kai Jones because I'm not even sure Kai Jones is going to start. And, and, you know, again, does that matter? I don't know. But minutes distribution, how much it goes to JT Thor? Do they play JT Thor more at the three? The four, Bryce McGowan's. Do they play him more at the three or the two? Scotty Lewis has got to get some minutes. He's he's really slotted in at, at two. So uh, I think it's it's going to come down to minutes distribution, but I give the edge to McGowan's on the scoring end. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets, getting you set for Summer League. McGowan's. First game going to take place tomorrow. going to make it um, a thing. Yeah, you did. You've said that twice now. This is going to be I'm one of those, gonna, right? It's going to be staying in. going to push it until mm. people start – tweeting it and not giving me credit for it until eric collins uses it in a call and then you get upset we talk about it the next day that's right he's listening eric collins he is always watching thanks for making us your first listen every day we're free and available anywhere you get your podcast for your second listen get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the nba in just 30 minutes every day with locked on nba locked on nba your daily nba update in just 30 minutes we'll finish out the week tomorrow hopefully uh you have a great rest of your day 